Your blessing be upon uh, your servant Dennis now. Lord, would you speak to him and through him to us? May his words be your words for us today. And we'd, so we pray, Lord, that for each one of us now, would you open our minds and hearts that we would be found to be that good soil that you write about, uh, that, that we would find where the seed of your word goes into our hearts, into our souls, and it takes root. And it grows up to produce a kingdom harvest that honors you and glorifies you and furthers your kingdom purposes. So, Lord, may you do that work in us. And we pray now that the words of Dennis's mouth and meditations of all our hearts would be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And we all said together, Amen. 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 Well, you open the service this morning uh, with this very simple prayer. It's three words. Um, Come, Holy Spirit. And I'd like us to do that again. Would you actually hold out your hands as kind of a welcoming? And let's say it together on three. One, two, three. Come, Holy Spirit. It's not only an acknowledgement, but it's an invitation. And I really believe that uh, Holy Spirit wants to not only be present, but speak to every one of us in some unique ways. And uh, I've just been on a personal journey where Holy Spirit has just been... Um, so kind. Um, I choose a word for the year every year, and I've done that for many, many years. And this year's word is kindness um, for a lot of reasons, uh, what he's doing in my heart. But one of the things is I've just been overwhelmed how kind Holy Spirit is, that he speaks to us, that he interacts with us, that he engages in our lives. And so I remind myself all the time, come Holy Spirit, not because he's not already here, but because uniquely I want to be aware of his presence and celebrate his presence and engage in his presence. And so um, it just is so fitting that I know you already have that as a practice. I've been really working hard too to try to listen for his promptings, for his voice, for his guidance, for his, uh, the discernment that he wants me to have. And so I've been putting on just these ears every day to try to hear better his voice in my life. And, uh, and so, actually, I don't wear them every day, but I love wearing them because they're fun. But um, just to remind myself again, I have a lot more to listen to than to speak. And Holy Spirit loves to speak if we really invite him. Um, I, I'm gonna do kind of two parts that are gonna weave together. And, and so the first part... Um, is going to be, um, well, a couple of things I want to take care of first. I, I take photos everywhere I go, um, partly because I love to remi be reminded. And, and I have one of those uh, Google Play things that shows pictures, and you'll be on one of those uh, sometime soon. So what I'd like you to do is just kind of respond. And, and let me just tell you how it usually goes, but you guys are going to defy it today. Usually it starts off kind of quiet over here, gets a little louder, and then this group just brings it home, right? But I think you can bring it home. So what, what, you, what I want you to do is I'll just say one, two, three, and you guys go, ah! whatever you want to do, whatever's inappropriate to do, I mean appropriate to do, and I'm going to take your picture. So here we go. One, two, three. Th that's one of the best first sections I've ever had. I don't know if inappropriate was the word that helped that, but okay, in the center section, here we go. One, two, three. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And bring it home. Come on. One, two, three. Yeah, by numbers, they beat you. Sorry. And you guys did better than any first group has ever done in my life. So I just want to celebrate that. 
You know, we talked about Holy Spirit. Can I, can I just ask you to make a commitment that whatever you sense and hear from him today, your answer will be yes. Like, I've arm wrestled against him. I lose every time. You know, like, it doesn't make any sense. So he may do something that you go easy to say yes to. He may say something to you that might be a little more difficult, but I just encourage you to pre-decide to say yes. Could you do that? One, two, three. Yes. Let's say it again. One, two, three. Yes. And so, Holy Spirit, you've heard that we're already responsive to you. I'm just aware that some are longing to hear from you. Your expression of your presence today in their lives would be just so significant, a game changer maybe, for what they're needing today. Others are saying yes to just affirm how you've already been leading and speaking and guiding their lives. And so I pray that the yes that was just spoken would be just a reaffirmation. Yes, yes to whatever you say. For those who may never have experienced that they're aware of, consciously receiving an expression of who you are for them, may today be that day. And they've already decided to say yes. We've already decided to say yes to all that you have. So we commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm in a couple of years, I'm going to finish the job that I'm in. It's an elected position, and in 2026, I'm not going to run again. I've really sensed God's leading in that. And so one of the things that I'm doing a little bit more of is just uh, assessing my life and trying to understand who I am so that in the future, uh, I'll know what I'll be doing kind of next. And one of the things that I've realized in self-assessments is that I'm an anticipator, like to a fault, I am always thinking ahead. I am always thinking like what's next and what might happen. And I tend to be positive about that, not negative about that. I'm married to somebody who's not an anticipator. We've talked about this in a conversation. She is an incredible focused responder. Like wherever we go, I talk to 100 people and she's talked to three, but all the other 97 people feel loved and cared for because of how she just connected so deeply with somebody. It's this amazing thing. And so all around the world, generally people like me, they love her. I used to be kind of troubled by that. I just like to find somebody that loves me, but liking is better than not being liked. And, and, and you know, it's just, when I get off a plane, if Gwen's not with me, it's like, where's Gwen? I could be there three days and they'd say to her, like, she'd be there three days and they'd say, is there some guy that travels with you sometimes? You know, it's just how it is. So this anticipation for the most part is positive. And I just jotted down some, some synonyms of that word. Expectation is one. I have an expectation, anticipation that the all blacks are going to bash the spring box in the next World Cup. Yeah? Come on. What happened last year? I'm not sure. Prospect is another possible word. It's up there. I have great anticipation of the prospect of our upcoming holiday. We had that when we were coming to New Zealand. It's always such a great time. Dread is the negative side of anticipation, right? So I dread getting back to work following this holiday in New Zealand. We fly back. We get home about 1030 at night. I have an 8 o'clock Zoom meeting with people around the world with about 40 people on it that I'm supposed to be ready and wide awake for. I'll do okay. Apprehension, 
There's another one. We had a deep apprehension, even alarm, really, that we would get COVID before we got here and ruin this whole time. Actually, we were in Australia before this, and the host family, the spouse, got COVID, and we're like, no! Because we so longed to be with our granddaughters and our kids and just to be able to share times together. Never got it, still don't have it, tested negative, we're okay. But man, you know that apprehension when you have something so special that could be ruined so quickly. But I want to, again, take this from a positive perspective. So let's jump into Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And I need to tell you, the book of Acts is one of my favorite books. I probably read it 16 or 18 times this last year. We did a whole conference for all of our missionaries around the world gathered in Athens around Acts 1-8. It was the challenge verse. It it, it was so powerful in our lives. And so let's, let's look at that verse. It says, but you will receive power when Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and even to the uttermost parts of the earth. And can I just remind you of how powerful this verse is for the church. Jesus is in his last final words with his disciples right before he's taken up, and he wants them to know that there's a power of the Holy Spirit going to come on them. They don't know what that means yet. They're going to experience it on the day of Pentecost. But because of that, they'll be his witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. And I just want to remind you that this is really critically that you understand every church, every Christ follower has a mission, not just to where they live, that's Jerusalem, but also to Judea, that's further out. Samaria, that's boo hiss, those people. Remember, they didn't like those people. Going to people that maybe are not as easy to go to and to the uttermost parts of the earth. A lot of people, a lot of churches put the word then in that passage. Reach Jerusalem, and once you've done that, once you, where you live, you've reached that, then you could go a little further out. And if you reach the wider area, then you can go to some people that are really different. And then maybe the rest of the earth. But that's not what the scripture says. It has a powerful word in there, and it's the word and, and, and. And I love the fact that you guys are about more than just Christ Church, about this little community, but you're about the rest of the world. That's the mission that we all have. And thank God in your community, God's brought many people from around the world here, and you get to have the privilege of being witnesses, even here, as we look at the congregation today. I've just been so excited to see that it is truly a global church. But we've got to send people. We've got to send people. So the convicting part of this verse for me just recently was the word power. I, like, I memorized this verse years and years ago, and I somehow was convicted that it's not just about Holy Spirit filling us and going somewhere, but there's power in it. There's power in this that's so significant. We have a resource in us that enables us to reach the world. And, and here's where it's striking me. I sense more and more that if in fact the power of the Holy Spirit works in me and I'm to be a witness because of that, that God will help me to intersect with people who don't know him. And I have the privilege of sharing that message with them. I mean, think about it. He doesn't send lost people to atheists to find Christ. Does that make sense? It's a radical illustration, but, but really, who would he arrange for people to come to him through someone if it wasn't us. 
So in the people we meet who are strangers, the people that we meet who we already know, in a situation where you go, oh, I'm so surprised I'm with this person. Maybe in fact, Holy Spirit has guided us together so that we can share with them, love on them, share Christ if that's needed, encourage them, whatever. So I wanna share with you just a simple tool that can help you to talk to people a little deeper and get a little further with people in a non-threatening way. So I want you to, first of all, imagine a large nameplate. You know what a nameplate is on your desk or on your door? I've worked for Global Partners for 14 years. I never got a nameplate. Every other person in my office has a nameplate. I think, where, they think I won't last or what, you know? Never gave me one, but nameplate, okay? On top of that nameplate, I want you to imagine a house, okay? A house. On top of that house is a family And the family uniquely is holding this very large clock. The clock is unique that the hands are praying hands. Stand with me, please. We're going to act this out. Everybody up. Here we go. The first thing is, and you're going to say it with me, a large nameplate. Say the word nameplate. All right, on top of that nameplate is a house. And on top of the house is a family. And the family is holding a very large Say it with me, clock, and the clock's unique that the hands are praying hands. Okay, you can be seated. Here's how it goes. The nameplate is this statement, hi, my name is. Have you ever been in a conversation where uh, as soon as they told you their name, you've forgotten it, and you're going a few minutes later, and you're going, oh, dang, I cannot remember this name, you know? Have you ever been in a conversation where 20 minutes in, You've never even changed, exchanged names, and you're going, okay, this is kind of awkward. I'm sorry, I'm Dennis, you know? And you get the names then and, and stuff like that. The value of this thing of saying, hi, my name is, is that most people will respond and tell you their name, and if it's at the beginning of the conversation, you might be able to turn your brain on and say, concentrate, focus, listen for their name, and remember it. How many of you have ever forgotten within moments? Yeah, yeah, it's just so key for me. So, hello, my name is. It's just a real simple thing. They, most of the time, will share their name back. On top of that is a house. And here's the question. Tell me where you live. It's a real open-ended question. And I'm always surprised that people will tell me, well, right now I live in such and such. But I used to live, I grew up in. They'll tell you where they grew up. Or, you know what, we live in this place right now, but we're hoping to get over and live in this place. And it opens up this really wide conversation for people to talk about where they have lived, where they live. And you don't pin it down. It's not asking for their address. That's stalking, okay? You're not doing that, you know? But, but it's just, it opens it up. Then the next question on top of the house, right, is the family powerful question tell me about your family they can go any direction they want to early on when I was a pastor I used to look at people's hands try to find a wedding ring so I could say so are you married you know and and which by the way is a really bad question there's about 4,373 bad answers for that question uh no thank you I'm I'm not married um I'm just recently divorced uh no, I'm not married. Um, I'd like to be, but I never have been. Thank you for highlighting that in my life for me. Um, thank you. Uh, uh, I still wear a ring, but I'm a widow, a widower, a whatever. Uh, there's so many bad answers, but tell me about your family. They can go anywhere they want to. I was talking to somebody on the phone I'd never met, and I said, tell me about your family, and she said, oh, 
I grew up in California. Our family is from California. Everybody else in California is from somewhere else, but I'm from California. I said, oh, that's great. I said, so where do you live in California? She goes, oh, I live in Colorado now. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever. But, but again, the opening of the conversation, tell me where you live, and people are going to talk about their house, or they talk about a project they have on the house, or a project they need to have on the house. And again, they can take it anywhere they want to go. Tell me about your family is this powerful question where you learn more about who they are. Next question, how do you spend your time? How do you spend your time? That's the clock. If you ask Gwen and I, how do we spend our time? We'll start talking about hiking. We love to hike. We don't backpack. We don't want to carry that much stuff. We just love to hike. We like challenging hikes. In fact, we're talking about a really challenging hike again in the next few years uh, that we want to do. Just it's a really hard one and we can't wait. We love to hike. What do you like to do? People love to talk about what they like to do. And here's the fifth, fifth question. How can I pray for you? But I added a word a few years ago. How can I best pray for you? Here's the response 100% of the time. I still can't hardly believe it. When I say, hey, how can I best pray for you? The answer is this. Wow. That's a great question. And then they go really deep with the answer. Because everybody has a prayer need. Everybody has a prayer need. In fact, I think it's one of the most powerful witnesses you can have is not to tell them about Jesus and walk through some plan of salvation or something, but if you pray with people, people are desperate for some... I've had people cross their fingers when I started praying. I've had people say, well, I don't know that I really believe in God, but, but here's a really difficult request I have. I mean, it's amazing how people open up with this. I... Uh, was coming home from a trip at a board meeting that I was at in Washington, D.C., and uh, I got to the airport early, and there was an earlier flight, and I thought, I want to get home sooner, and I just felt checked from Holy Spirit. Don't, don't change your flight. Okay, great. So I go back, and I wait quite a while, and it's my flight time, and uh, I was sitting up, I don't know, row eight or nine or something like that, and uh, it's just a full flight, full flight, full flight, except for the seat next to me, and I'm sort of like, yes, you know, it's sort of nice when nobody's sitting next to you, you know, and everything, and sure enough, here comes a young kid down the aisle, 20, 21 years old or something like that, and he takes that seat. He sits down, and he says to me, oh, I meant to put this up on top, and he had a big camera bag, and so I put it up there, and, and surprisingly, he didn't put on earbuds, which is what most everybody does these days, wasn't looking at his phone. We started a conversation. I said, photo equipment, what are, you, what are you doing with that? He said, well, I'm going to be traveling. And we started talking about travel. And he'd been to 34 countries. His mom was uh, Portuguese. His dad was from America, very successful construction company. He was on his way back to campus up in the university uh, in a Chicago area. And we just started talking and stuff like that. And uh, I, I asked him, you know, um, just, I don't know how we got on spiritual things, but he told me, he had to, I don't know, he told me that his mother was an atheist and his father had kind of adopted that after being a Catholic early in his life, just they were both atheists. And I said, well, how do you feel about that? And he goes, you know, I, I've been sort of seeking lately and just wondering about the whole thing. And so he said, I, I've been starting reading the Bible. I'm like, wow, that didn't feel like that was going to fit in this conversation. And I said, well, how are you doing that? He goes, I found this app called version." Yeah, you and about five billion people around the world. That's cool. And he said, um, he said, it's been really helpful. I said, where did you start reading? He goes, 
Genesis. Like, where else would you start, right? At the beginning of the book, you know, and I go, oh, good, good. So how far are you along? And he goes, well, I, I've really enjoyed that, but he said, I've gotten to Leviticus. <laughs> yeah, stop me and point. I said, you know, you might want to read about John. And John, uh, New Testament, kind of explained the whole thing to him because, I mean, he knew nothing, right? And uh, I said, it'll talk about Jesus. And Jesus is really a central focus of this whole thing. Of course, he knew there was a Jesus and stuff like that. We keep talking, we keep talking, and he tells me, um, I, I got to the question, I said, how can I best pray for you? And he said, um, that's a great question. He said, I feel really lost. In fact, I've considered taking my life recently. Um, I kind of have everything and I have nothing. And yeah, I'd appreciate if you'd pray for me. We go on talking. He's about to take another world trip because he's finishing school so early his dad just gave him the money for a semester to go travel around the world again, do new places. But he tells me this. He said, I was on my way to the airport and I got here this morning. I realized I forgot my retainer for my teeth and I knew that my mother would kill me if I'm going to be gone for four months without that retainer. So I knew I was going to miss the flight. He said, I'm bolting back home and I make a contact with a different airline and I got a seat on that flight. I'm rushing back. I get to the gate, and they said, sorry, closed. So I missed that flight. So I just ran over to United, and I found I got the last seat on the plane next to somebody who's ready to talk to him about Jesus. Steve's his name. If you happen to think of that this week as you're in a prayer room, pray for Steve that he'll come to know Christ because I sense a hungry heart and a deep need, and Holy Spirit arranged a kid to miss two different flights to sit in the last seat next to me, and I really believe that he's doing that for all of us, and sometimes we're not paying attention. So there's power in the Holy Spirit doing this. Power to witness is what's happening. We should be anticipating that everybody we meet this week might need an encouragement as a Christ follower, I, I, my ride to the airport was a guy from Cameroon, West Africa, who needed to know that God loved him. He was a Christ follower. We began to talk. When I asked him how I could best pray, his wife has a heart condition and not getting medical care because they don't have any standing in the country yet. I got to encourage him. Oh, that's great. He's a Christ follower already. But, but later on in that trip, I had somebody else that wasn't. I just believe that God wants to use us in powerful ways. And we ought to anticipate in personal engagement that he's going to do that in our lives. So let me give you the second one, and this really ties in so much to this week, and that's anticipation and personal prayer. I want to take us into the word, and uh, John chapter 14 uh, is such a powerful chapter. Jesus launches this chapter by saying, I know you're scared to death because I'm telling you I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And in verse 14, 15, 16, uh, chapter 14, 15, 17, he says this, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another uh, advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. That's the promise. And they're clueless. Like, they don't know what that's going to be all about. But Jesus is saying, you can trust me. And then when he gets to verse 26, he says this, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. In the, in the 
I don't know if you're familiar with the Amplified Version, but, but sometimes what the Amplified Version does is it says this word is more than just a translatable word into one word. There's many options for that. And, and the, the translators have to sort of pick the best word, and that's what they did in this per chapter. In NIV, they say, but the advocate. In, in several others, it says counselor, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send. It's the Greek word paraclete. Okay, that's one of those Greek words you can say with me. Paraclete, ready? Paraclete. It means all of these more than just helper, more than just advocate. In fact, in the Amplified Version, which is a version that you see on the screen that kind of captures all these extra words, it says, but the helper, or it could mean comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, alongside one, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name and my place to represent and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things and will help you to remember everything I've told you. Can you imagine what that meant to them? Because they're already forgetting things and Holy Spirit's gonna remind them of all of the teachings and all of the things so that they can write the gospels, so that they can preach the gospel and the Holy Spirit's gonna come and do that because if he's leaving like, oh man, we should have written a few more notes on this journey, you know. We should have, does anybody write that one down, you know? I mean, they were capturing some of these things because Holy Spirit helped them. And so I just wonder if in this week of prayer there would be really clear expressions of Holy Spirit in our lives that he might show himself as the helper because some of us need him to be a helper and some of you even right moment right now have sensed the Holy Spirit saying I'm here to help you because you've got this situation and you know what it is he also says that he's the comforter Several years ago, um, Gwen challenged me one day that I got over difficult situations and losses way too fast. And she said, honey, you know what? Jesus said that blessed are those who mourn shall they, for they shall be comforted. And I think the reason you never receive comfort is because you never mourn. And I started leaning into that. And three years later, my dad got cancer and four months later, he was gone. It's been over four years now. I missed him more today than I did even a year afterwards, and even after two. But I have discovered Holy Spirit comforter in a way I never knew. Who has met me in my grief that I always pushed away and pushed away. I was the strong person. I'm okay. I'll be there for everybody else. And I never really experienced comfort because I never would allow myself to grieve. And I've grieved, I think, pretty deeply and pretty well. And I found him to be a comforter. Some of you may need him to be that today. He's also the advocate. He fights for us. When you're in battle, he's on your side. He fights for us. There's tons of scriptures on that. He's also the intercessor. And I love these verses that I, that I plunked up on the screen. In the same way, the Spirit himself helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. 
And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Over in Hebrews 7, it actually says that Jesus lives to intercede for us. So the Holy Spirit and Jesus are interceding for us as part of the Trinity before God. And when we don't know how to pray, have you ever been in a place where I don't even know what to pray? I'm just lost. I don't know how to communicate this to God. That's when the Spirit says, got it. I got this. And you know what he does? He groans. And somehow there's a meaningless, meaningful prayer that goes up on our behalf. And there have been times where I've just had to say, I don't know how to pray. And God just moves in powerful ways. I do a day alone with God every month. And um, it's been a, uh, just a practice of mine for 30 plus years. And, uh, and, and I'd missed one. I don't usually miss them, but I would miss one because of just some calendar changes and things. And so I felt really compelled that on the day I was going to go out, I was supposed to pray for our missionaries. We have 130, 35 adults that are from North America's missionaries, and I, I know the kids and all that. And, and so I just, rather than taking the prayer cards because I have all those, I just went field to field to field. And as I was praying uh, in that, and, and by the way, and, on the intercessor level on a ten, one to ten scale I'm about a three okay like I know really great prayer partners and I have really great par- partners I'm not usually one of those people I, I'm better at praying out loud than I am praying uh, I mean in a group than praying alone part of that's because the first two years of my life three years of my life I was in a prayer meeting every morning at 6 a.m. that was from a revival in my church and I I was a brand new Christian I, I learned how to pray out loud with a group of people before I knew how to pray individually I, I'm about a three out of ten but as I was praying for one particular family I just felt this just empowerment from Holy Spirit that he was interceding with me in this particular situation for a family and their needs so much so that I was just crying out I was just shouting out I was walking through a woods I couldn't find anybody else and if they found me they probably went the other way Um, because I was just and I felt like I got up to like uh, six on a one in ten scale and I know there's no scale for that but for me it felt like man I am praying in a way I don't think I've ever prayed, actually. And when I finished that, I felt compelled to pray about a personal need. And I went up to a seven or eight, and God met me in such a powerful way. And I felt like, I'm not even saying this. There is an advocate, there is an intercessor working on my behalf, taking this to a level that I can't fully comprehend, but something's happening in the heavenlies that's beyond just my heart and my heartache and the heartache of this family that I was praying for. And he just expressed himself as the intercessor. And it was such a meaningful time. It goes on to say that he was a counselor that he's a counselor and who doesn't need counseling in this transition Gwen and I have just decided we're going to start early to get ready for this so we're both seeing counselors it's been so good because I kind of do all say all this and he goes oh it's this and oh no it's this and I go yeah that's what it is and it's just been so helpful but the Holy Spirit does that for us too he's a comforter he's the advocate he's the strengthener he's the standby in fact, it, it's best expressed alongside one. We know the Holy Spirit lives in us, that when we invite Christ come, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. We know what it is to surrender our lives and have him live in us, but there's something figuratively about him being alongside us that just is very different. That's why Paul says, in the whole passage on the fruit of the Spirit, he says, keep in step with the Spirit, because I can walk away from 
the Holy Spirit not paying attention. I can run ahead. I tend to run ahead, not too often fall behind. I can do that too. I'm very effective at both of those. But, you know, what is it like to just imagine and sense Holy Spirit right next to me in a situation? What is it like to be just so close, even as I'm talking with somebody, to say, man, I think he's prompting me on something. I think I need to ask this question. I sense he's right here. When I'm facing a very difficult situation and I feel afraid, just recognizing his alongside presence and trying to keep in step with him, there's something about that that just compels me and it's an image. And some of you need that today for a situation, even today or this week, where you're gonna have to say, Holy Spirit, I need you to express yourself as the alongside one. And it'll be transformative in that experience because you are never alone. We know that. But sometimes we just long for a full expression of that. He's also the teacher. He's also the reminder. And the older I get, the more I'm grateful for that. Lord, remind me of this person's name. Remind me of this situation. Remind me of the scriptures that I need to be reminded of. That's such a powerful thing. And there's so much more just beyond these two passages of who the Holy Spirit is. So who do you most need him to be for you today? Who might you most need him to be for this week? Some of you are facing a situation, you already know you're facing it, and you're gonna need him to be there. You're gonna need counsel or wisdom or an insight. You're gonna need his discernment to show you how to live. You'll run into somebody this week that you're going to need a Holy Spirit prompting on. Hey, ask this question. Have you ever been in a place like that where you asked a question and they go, I can't believe you asked that question. I need to talk about that so much. And you're going, thank you, Holy Spirit. How can I best pray for you is one of the most powerful questions on that. People open their hearts on that in ways I've, it's 100% for me. I'm sure it'll come one of these times where somebody just says, hey, nothing, I don't got nothing, you know. I'm shocked that almost to a person, 100% of the time, they say, wow, that's a great question, and pour out their hearts to me. What, who do you need him to be for you today? I really believe that as many of you go into the prayer room this week, or come to the prayer times, that Holy Spirit may reveal himself in these ways to show you who he is in such amazing ways that you'll have the most incredible prayer experiences maybe in a while or maybe in your life because Holy Spirit wants to come and meet with us. So, before we close, I'd like to ask you this question. Who do you most need him to be this week? Would you bow your heads for prayer, please? So Holy Spirit, even in these moments, would you reveal, would you seal an expression in our hearts? I recognize, again, for some, this may be new. There may be some who have never met you yet and invited you to take over their lives but they've sensed even that today you're the one who convicts them of the sin of their lives, but also reminds them and shows them that actually they can be made new in you. 
There are others who desperately need a comforter. There are others who significantly need to be reminded of your presence because they feel pretty alone. We got some students going back to school and most are excited, but some are just dreading what it means to go back and face off with you know what it is already. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you might just express yourself very significantly in this time. And then we might discover you in even greater and deeper ways. That we might hear your voice, words of love, assurance, reassurance, words of comfort, words of guidance, words of love. Remind the one who's carrying such a deep burden in prayer this week that you are the ultimate intercessor and we never pray alone. You always join us in that. Before I close, I sense that for some of you this is a very, very specific thing. And I don't know what it is and I don't have to know what it is. But starting just like we did when we did the opening of me taking a photo of you. I'm going to start with this section over here on my right, your left. If you just make eye contact with me and just nod your head to say, Holy Spirit really spoke to me this morning. I'd love to just be focused in prayer. I don't need to go further than that. But if that's you, just, yeah, thanks. Thanks. If I don't see it, just wave your hand. Yeah. Coming across the center section, if that's you, you just sense Holy Spirit really spoke to you just line eyes yeah thanks thanks yeah yeah a little further back yeah yeah thanks the final section just sense Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning just make eye contact with me thanks so much yeah yeah thanks so Holy Spirit would you just seal what you're already doing And would you just be so amazing to just express yourself in all of these situations? We are never alone because you're with us. You live inside of us. You draw us to yourself that we can know you and that we can make you known. So prompt us, nudge us when we're not paying attention. Show yourself to be that healer in the midst of some really difficult situations. Comfort where that's required. Would you, in fact, be the one who intercedes with every single person who comes into the prayer room this week that they might experience the sweetness of your presence and the fact that they're maybe with somebody else praying together, but but uniquely that you would join them. And when there's someone alone, maybe in the middle of the night or the middle of the day, may you remind them and prompt them of your presence in such a way that they'll know that the God of the universe, Holy Spirit himself, is aligning with them and interceding with them for the things that matter the most. How great you are, God how great you are and we lift up your greatness in front of all people and we join hands with one another to say sing with me how great is our God and so we intercede and we just depend on you this week 
We love you. We give ourselves to you.